Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Adopting Wellness. I'm Katie. And I'm Laura. And we're so happy that you're here. It feels really bizarre. It feels like forever since we last talked. Yeah, way too long. Yeah, because the last episode we did was us in person in Lake Tahoe area and making it happen. Being friends in person. How how about that? How about that? Take that. (laughs) So... Laura, how are you? I'm good. I have had a wild month and a half. Um, May was just really a whirlwind. So I'm trying to kind of recover from that. And um, next week is a lot lighter. So I'm hoping to really have some firm boundaries on my availability for things that I have not already scheduled for. Um And yeah, just trying to continue to work on saying no, always Mm. a challenge. Mm. So So how do you take care of yourself when your schedule is just like, go, go, go? What, What do you do to kind of gain an aspect of control back? I'm a parent, Katie. I don't know what control is. (laughs) I don't know what that is anymore. Okay. No, but I mean, so I think the answer is I just kind of don't. To be honest, I I have have had to adapt to become more like just roll with it, you know? And Mm -hmm. um that is is still really hard for me because I'm a person who is much more comfortable planning everything out. And I think just right now I can't really live that way. And, um, at least not, not all the time. Um, so, but I, but I do think that there are limits that I'm relearning. Like what can I handle in a week? Like what do I need right now? Like just trying to listen to that. And, um, one of the things that I knew was going to suffer when I became a mom was alone time. I'm a very, like, I'm, much more introverted than I may appear. I'm need that alone recharge time. And my husband is a night owl and I am not. So I wake up and the baby's already up and we're, we're going, we're doing stuff. And, um, so I don't really have anything built into my daily life where I have a lot of alone time. And so, um, you know, I'm just trying to be cognizant of that and, um, take it where I can get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, Um, I think also recognizing that, you know, this is all temporary, like this is not forever, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a stage in life. And I just remind myself of that because I understand this is a pace that I'm not going to be asked to keep up forever. Um, but that it's important for me to be there right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing about being a mom is like that instinct that I, my kid needs me, you know, I want to be that person for him, like that reliable person. I think that kicks in above all else. And, um, sometimes it keeps me grounded and sometimes I think it's something I need to kind of keep in check a -hmm. little bit, but you know. Okay. I have another question. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry if it's a long winded answer. No, no, no. This is great. Because it made me think about how I often 
struggle with the line between showing up for yourself and being able to to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and also showing up for other people. Yep. And there's this line of like, I don't want to be this person that always cancels on people sure. or, you know, if I'm feeling sick or if I'm emotionally not there, it's so easy, you know, in this, I think in our adoptee space, it's really, you know, we talk a lot about wellness, mental health, and being able to make decisions for yourself and Mm -hmm. making healthy decisions for yourself. And so like, I find myself having difficulty determining between doing things out of obligation versus uh, being that person that's constantly canceling because I can't, I I don't have the capacity for it, but I'm so used to barreling through things that I just still go. And I don't know. I just, I feel like I just battle between those two things. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, like, how do you kind of self-talk when it comes to things where you find yourself, oh, I want to cancel or, uh, but I said I would be there. So like, you know, commitment versus like showing up for yourself and being honest with yourself. I mean, I think that's a constant struggle, to be honest. I think, I mean, especially like I was saying, our, my, our month has been crazy. There are some days when I literally just can't do it. Like, I don't have a minute to myself to do whatever right, the person's asking me to do. Um, and if that makes it easier in some ways, because it's literally impossible and it's, it's easier for me to kind of like deal with guilt in those circumstances because it's not, it's literally not my fault. Um, but it's a lot harder when it's a choice, you know, when it's mm. a choice that I'm making, like this summer, we were kind of talking about this, you know, we chose to make this, to take this break. And it's a funny situation we're in because we're content creators, really. That's what a podcast is. And so, um, being a content creator, making a conscious choice to like take care of ourselves in this world that really like is really trying, I think Instagram and social media has sort of like turned us into like capitalistic machines in a lot of ways Mm. where we're expected to do things that, um, are not realistic of human, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think in some ways I think of that as like, like a really important, um, rebellious act that no, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, especially for adoptees. Now that might kind of sound a little bit out of, out there for some people, like, what do you mean? What is saying no have to be, why is that such like a, such a, you know, big deal. But I think we get it in our bodies. We understand how big a deal that is when we, um, hold a limit or, you know, um, set a boundary or because, because the choices we were not given at some point in our life really still live within us. And I think that's where this comes from, you know? Yeah. I think that's so good. I think it's also being able to give yourself a voice. I think a lot of adoptees walk around or have walked around, uh, feeling like, their voice didn't matter Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being able to have that 
autonomy yep. of saying, no, I actually don't feel well. Yeah. I don't have space. I can't give more than what I'm giving right now. Right. And being able to honor that is giving yourself a voice again. Huge. And Huge. Yeah, it's so significant um, to the adoptee experience, I think. Yeah. And, and especially for people, I mean, I don't, I don't, it doesn't really, I would say for 99% of adoptions, there's some kind of scenario where the adoptee is not given a choice, right? Like in the adoption, I would say most adoptions are that way. And because they take place when we're children and children can't really legally or otherwise consent to things in the same way that adults can. And so I think this, the, the issue of agency is one that I see more and more people talking about in our adoptiverse on Instagram. It's like, what does agency look like for me and how do I reevaluate this? And, and the other piece is if I'm in community with other adoptees even, and maybe I see some of them take something as that it feels like rejection. Like how do I deal with that feeling of rejection when it's really just like, maybe that person's just taking care of themselves. Like that's just, it's a lot to manage. And I think it's good that we talk about everything that comes up when we need to do that. You know? Yeah, that is true. It, it is funny when just, just social media in general is just a weird, (laughs) weird life, weird space. Yeah. And I, I know we've talked about this. I've talked a a lot with Patrick about this too. Like just being able to take a step back and being able to uh, step away and, you know, the community is still going to move on forward and, uh, and it's okay to take those steps for yourself. And it's, I think people need to see you do that. Yeah. You know, yeah, because it's a really crazy expectation for anyone to just constantly be creating and showing up. And like, I can't imagine how lonely that is when it's just constantly, that's what you're doing. And the topics that we're talking about are not lighthearted, like no. <laughs> it's trauma, okay? Like living oh. in that is just not feasible for our bodies and minds. Like Katie, you're talking about what your body can and can't handle. And sometimes we don't have answers. Like ultimately I feel like it, the, the why I can't handle it doesn't matter nearly as much as the fact that you're aware of that and you're willing to say like, no, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe it's like my Catholic upbringing of like, be a good person and show up to mass every single Sunday to where I have this obligation, this guilt. If I don't, I will feel guilty for letting someone down. But really what happens is I let myself down because I'm not listening to my body or my mind and saying, you know, it's okay. Like this doesn't make me bad or good. I'm just trying to listen to my body. Yeah. And I think that that is, I I think maybe that's, that's the root of where that comes from. 
and this and I think society just kind of grooms that um oh yeah the obligation aspect of it but I don't know it's it's, it's out of left field but let me ask you because I was kind of thinking about this like you know they say that um anniversaries are really tough for people um is there an anniversary like that happened maybe this time of year a while ago that you might your body might be navigating but your mind doesn't necessarily clock Hmm. well i guess my divorce finalized in in may in uh beginning of may yeah and that Um, was a roller coaster for you right yeah 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 that could be it very well could be it and honestly i don't generally feel the heaviness of depression during the summer just because of the sun yeah so it it, i think that's why it feels really weird to me Mm -hmm. sure it and also because it's not it doesn't feel like an emotional aspect of it. It's a and physical. And I think it has to be like, I think that's one of the weird things that, um, about trauma that like, we still don't know enough about and we don't educate people about, um, like to put my trauma therapist hat on for a second. Like yep. we don't have to have cognizant memories. In fact, trauma memories themselves are stored in the body in ways that don't make a lot of sense. They're mostly like sensations or like physical things versus like memories or even emotions. So it makes sense to me that there may be, I mean, I'm not saying this is what's, this is what's happening for you definitively. I just think to like validate that for other people, if you're feeling something that doesn't feel connected to the here and now there's every chance it isn't, you know, and it's not you being crazy or broken or doing things wrong. It's just the way that your body has stored that, you know? Yeah, I do think it's so helpful and affirming to kind of be able to pinpoint. And it it could be a part of it. It could not be a yeah. part of it. But yeah. it's just nice to know, like you say, it's nice to know you're not crazy. No. <laughs> you know? The opposite of crazy. Katie is one of the most pragmatic, strong people I know. And she would never say that, Thanks. but it's true. And, um, yeah, I mean, Whew. it's just yeah. a lot to struggle. It's a lot to manage. It is. Yeah. In fact, I don't even think we really did your check-in. <laughs> <laughs> what you've been managing so that they know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right, right, right. Well, I have been doing – pretty well. I, uh, have gone to the doctor a couple times and my diabetes is doing okay. It's, it's making a lot of progress. Um, I, I was telling Laura that I had low blood sugar for the first time and I was on a miniature vacation and we were out in the middle of nowhere and my blood sugar dropped to 50, which is extremely low. And my body went into a full clam, clammy, you know, sweat, and I was shaking and could barely sit up. And I just wasn't really prepared for that. My blood sugar has just 
been living in the high numbers for so long, for many, many years. So I've been experiencing a lot of, I guess, new symptoms because my blood sugar is now coming down from being so high. And uh, so like, for example, I have zaps. That's the only way I can explain it. Someone actually used that word and I said, yes, it's a zap. I have zaps in my feet and my legs and uh, my vision has, you know, declined in the last year to where I have to have bifocals. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that my blood sugar was so high for so long, but it's great news that it's coming down. It's just that I'm experiencing those after effects of it trying to balance out. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've gained weight and, you know, I was telling Laura, like our bodies fluctuate and that is totally okay. It feels uncomfortable for me and it's frustrating. So I'm just trying to navigate how to handle low blood sugar as well as high blood sugar. So it's been a lot uh, recently and. um, You've been really hard. So I I just want to validate frustration you might feel because you're it's like your body's not reflecting that work right now and that's yeah that's tough yeah. that's gonna be tough it is tough I feel like my body has never aligned with my mind and um yeah I I have yet to feel healthy I can't remember a time that I've felt very healthy so It'll be nice um, when my blood sugar is very stable to kind of see if anything shifts and maybe some things go away. I don't know. Just time will tell. Well, I think your body's being really rude. I'm just saying. I know, right? (laughs) The audacity. The audacity. (laughs) I just, I just want to go back to like what we were saying about giving space to ourselves and each other and how critical that is, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, just validating for you, but also us, I think like, I think the another thing I've been thinking about, like not having all the answers. I, I spent a lot of time being a younger adoptee living in a house where if I didn't know the answer, it's not that I was like punished for that, but it felt that way. I think, Mm. you know, it felt much more secure to me. I think it felt like a threat for me not knowing what's coming next. And so having Mm -hmm. the answers felt like security and in situations like this with our body, like we're both like pushing 40, 40s, like she's, she's coming. Oh my gosh. I know. Like things are happening. They're going to change. And like, just having to roll with that is tough mm-hmm. and feeling out of control from what we maybe used to be able to handle versus now. Um, you know, I think, I don't think it's wrong that we don't know what to do all the time, you know? Mm. Mm. That's true. Especially as an adoptee, my goodness. Yeah. 
the amount of times that I have felt kind of aimless of like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of uh, shoot in the dark, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I like these idioms here. (laughs) Um, I'll be on the idioms this week for sure. (laughs) I think it's been... When I think about like not knowing the answer, that gives me great anxiety, but it's also very comforting because when I was growing up in school, I often was scared that someone was going to ask me for an answer and I didn't know it. So I would just say, I don't know, no matter what, just so I would get out of like not being wrong, but not being right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how kind of chaotically my brain functions. It's like, I do know the answer, but I don't want to be wrong. So I'm just going to be annoying and triple check the answer again. Yeah. And that just, it makes me mad that I'm like that, but I also feel, feel like I can't help it. There's so many, I think, I think so many of us are like that. I really do. I think, um, it's hard to feel like something's hundred percent right. When, yeah. like you were saying earlier, your body and your brain have never really like been on the same page. I think that's so many of us now, certainly in a different context, maybe not within diabetes and managing something like that. But I think that a lot of that is the experience of being adopted, right? Like what's going on around you? Like everything seems fine and to everyone else it is fine. And there's something in you that isn't fine. And so like, what do you do with that thing? Like, what do you, you manage that? And when something like that is happening, it feels like a tornado. You're just like, Oh, this is terrible. Um, but on the outside, no one would know. And I, I think it, it it definitely goes back to like adaptability and that chameleon type of feeling that I've heard a lot of adoptees talk about with um, like just adapting to every situation, because even though they're even though we're freaking out on the inside, on the outside, you can't tell. And I think that I just. I mean, for for sure, I have functioned that way my whole life. I still function that way. And now in healthy ways, I'm trying to navigate being able to ask for help, being able to clarify details, because even for a long time, I didn't want to burden anyone with asking questions. I just wanted to assume that I knew the answer. And, And it wasn't even for pride's sake, it was more so I didn't want to ask for help and or and or lean into anyone. Well, if everything if everyone thinks everything's okay and you're the only person who's having that experience that it's not okay, it's so much you, we end up being the problem versus mm-hmm. the fact that there is an actual real problem. Mhm right like it's we we get blamed for that 
Um, a lot of adoptees hold a lot of stigma and like diagnoses that I think don't make a lot of sense sometimes because it's like, okay, well, did anybody actually zoom out and look at what was happening like in this life and what was expected of this person, right? Versus what I think people just think is fine, you know? What we're trying to say is like, no, it's not fine just because it looks fine to you, Mm. you know? Yeah. That's like... 101, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many people it, know from your past that like you you're telling bits of their stories and you you hear like, "Oh, I had no idea or I didn't or I it's like every, <laughs> every single one of us when we yeah. tell that's why people don't want to tell their stories a lot of the time because it's like I don't want to field another one of those interactions where yeah. It's almost like it's unintentional gaslighting on their part, probably, but it... Yes. And it just brings on so many questions. Oh my gosh, I didn't know. Well, what about this? And then you're like, dear God, I did not mean to say anything, actually. <laughs> I'm just talking about this, okay? I'm I'm like getting physically exhausted, us just bringing this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That whole conversation is, is so hard. You have to be like amped up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Mm. a lot. And like, I don't, I just think so much of what we're trying to do is live outside of expectation and obligation and live inside who we really are and validating our own experiences. I feel like that's at the core of what we want for ourselves moving forward. I want that for every single adoptee. I want that for adoptive parents because I want adoptees to to grow up in a home that validates internal experiences, right? Yep. Yeah. Even ones you don't understand fully. Yeah, that obligation just hangs there. I guess. Yeah. People. It's evil, especially as like a, I'm a semi people pleaser. I'm I'm not a people pleaser to my core, but the people that mean the most to me, I am a people pleaser. <laughs> I love this about you. I don't know if, if anyone has never experienced this part of Katie. Let me tell you, it is a gift <laughs> to hear Katie say no and to really know that she means <laughs> it's a gift. It is. I'm like, oh gosh, so much from this part of you. I want to like, <laughs> this girl needs to. She needs to be charging admission for this. Like, sit down. Let me show you what no sounds like, and it's beautiful and it's succinct and it's very it's firm. It's great. It's, it's clear. a confident. Yeah, it's a confident, clear no. Yep. I mean, I, it's. I say no to a fault. But no, I don't. I literally mean that as a compliment. Like, I think someone who like I'm a recovering people pleaser. I think people now don't really mess with me. They don't really try me with things. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of that is probably me just being a white woman and people just don't try white women the way that they try Mm. color, frankly. But I think some of it is the energy I give off where I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not dealing with that. Um, Which I think you have harnessed in some really healthy. <laughs> I, love that I think I have 
I think I have embodied that attitude since I was a kid. Like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Katie, do you want to play a get to know me game? (laughs) (laughs) It's like my worst nightmare. Oh my gosh. I know Katie loves me. So Katie threw me a virtual baby shower and she's the sweetest. And she got all of our wheat adoptee internet friends together. And we did my baby, including one of our friends from Japan, which was like a thing. And, um, we, she played, she had like some games planned for it. And I know she loves me because she hates games more than anything in the whole world. And she suffered through it and it was yeah. great. Actually, we had a good time, but yeah, well, here's, here's the thing. I know how to host. I feel like I'm a pretty good host, but in order for me not to play the games, I have to facilitate the games. <laughs> that is the trick. That's a skill. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm in charge of the games, I don't have to play them. So yeah, it's really just about strategy. It's a metaphor for life though, too. Like that's such an adaptable thing. And I think that, I mean, I have that part of my personality too. Like if I plan everything, then we won't fall into this unknown territory and I won't, maybe my nervous system will like relax for a second, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is really funny, though, to think about, because I I am from a really small, young age. I remember going through every scenario possible if I was going to have like a a conversation with someone and I I would come up with every negotiation possible. Yeah. And and then I would have it. And and somehow I don't know. <laughs> know if I should be admitting this somehow I think as a kid I was like I just knew the keys to how to get someone to say yes or 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 get my way because of of the way my brain works I love this I love this This is so honestly like so adaptable too though I can't tell you how many professional situations I've been in like you know I think I think both of us are fairly personable people. Like we can get along with a lot of different people. And I've had so many situations where people tell me I interview really well. Mm. I um, know how to make connections really quickly. And I think yeah. that's it. I think that's part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, Okay, well, how am I going to na- navigate this situation, right? How am I going to negotiate this as a child? And like just having lived with that, we kind of have a leg up on some of that Yeah, stuff. no, I totally agree. And what they don't know is like, I'm a nervous wreck and I, (laughs) I would rather eat dirt than do what I'm supposed to be doing, even if I may have a gift in it. Absolutely. It's just a bizarre thing. Well, Mm. I think this has been an excellent conversation as usual. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that we judge our conversations together. Well, because I, we don't <laughs> think about this crap with anyone else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. We can't. I mean, we can, but I just don't think people really. Um, was that a was that, that was a, a cat bird. behind you? No, it was a bird. I don't know what he's oh. doing. I think he's trying okay. to build a nest. Anyway. Oh yeah. Um, so, 
I just feel like, yeah, like we, we understand each other and like some of this stuff only comes out because of that, you know, level. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, I hope everyone has an incredible month enjoying your summers. I hope, um, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go walk around with the dog and get some sunshine in my laugh. Winnie. Yeah. That's fun. I am not going to do that. I think I might take a nap. Fabulous. (laughs) Talking about wellness. Yep. Well, we love y'all. Hope you have a wonderful June. Please be safe. And reach out to us on Instagram uh, if you need anything or want to, you know, chat or leave us a review. That'd be cool. I did read our reviews. They were like solid. Sweet. We're going to have some amazing guests starting in August. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming down the pike real quick. I'm really excited about that. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. We'll see you uh, in July. See ya. Hooray. Hey, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>